Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. The classes may be dismissed at this time to go to your classroom. And while you remain standing, I will invite you to turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 49. Praise God. Chapter number 49 of the book of Isaiah. What I'm going to be talking to you about today will not be as impressive to you probably right now as it will be at a later date. But if you'll listen carefully, God will quicken it to your mind and your heart when you need it the most. Isaiah chapter 49, verses 13 through 16. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Father, this morning as we stand in your presence, how grateful we are that we can feel your nearness. There's no doubt in our mind but what you're here. You've come to help us, Lord. You've come to encourage us You've come to strengthen us. You've come to save us, to heal us, to deliver us. Whatever we have need of, you've come for today because you're that kind of a God. We're thankful that we know you today as you really are. Now we ask you to Touch our lips today. Let thy words come forth and not mine. That the congregation will be blessed by your word. We ask it in Jesus' name and everybody said amen. And you may be seated. My subject this morning is in the palms of his hands. In the palms of his hands. There are numerous prophecies in the Old Testament concerning the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And everything about it that took place 
All of the prophecies concerning his crucifixion was fulfilled at Calvary. There were many things that were detailed in the Old Testament. Many things that was foreordained and proclaimed by the prophets of old who did not really understand what they were saying, what they were writing. But the Holy Ghost moved upon them to say things and put down things that were to come to pass. The Old Testament, I find, is filled with uh, types and shadows of things also which were yet to come. When the Lamb was to be slain in the Old Testament, it was most often taken without the camp. It was not normally slain within the camp where the people were. Therefore, we understand the significance of the fact that Jesus was taken outside of the city, Jerusalem, to be, un to be crucified. And that is understandable. We understand that he was the lamb which was to take away the sins of our world. The Bible tells us he was bruised for our transgressions. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The agony, the suffering that he went through in Golgotha and Gethsemane was all that he could become sin himself or us. He was a sinless individual. He never committed one sin, but he became sin that you and I could overcome sin. We understand that. The Bible says that he was to be numbered among the transgressors. On each side of him in Calvary was murderer, thief, or robber. And so he was numbered among the transgressors because he was taken my place. And he was taken your place. We know why the stripes was placed upon his back. It was not because of anything he had done that he was worthy of stripes to be beaten. But his stripes was placed upon his back that you and I might be healed. But of all the prophecies of the Old Testament concerning his crucifixion and his loneliness and his suffering about Calvary, the most often mentioned prophecy had to do with his hands. His hands had to be pierced. This is also one of the few prophecies that carry on over to this present day. When he returns again for his church, one of the most notable things about his death will be the nail prints in his hands. The only thing that was mentioned in the Bible about his suffering during the millennium time was mentioned about his pierced hands. 
So I want to talk to you about his hands this morning. The reason for his pierced hands. The piercing of the hands go way back to an ancient custom of the East. People that used to live in Bible days, different countries have different ways and customs. And they had a custom in, in that day, that being that when a man was to be gone for a long time, and he wanted to pledge his love and his faithfulness to someone who he, he really loved, he would take an instrument similar to a tattooing instrument, and he would crave the, grave the likeness or the name of the person in the palm of his hands. This was a painful thing for him to endure, but because his love was so great, and he didn't want there to be any doubt in the minds of those that he loved of his faithfulness or of his return, not knowing how long it would be before he would return, he wanted those that was waiting for him to know that they were ever before him in the palms of his hands. The reason that they did this in the palm of their hand was because that their hands was the part of their body that they saw more than any other part. Although the face was uncovered, they didn't see their face near as often as they saw their hands. And so they wanted to mark themselves on their own body with marks, names, those whom they've loved and they, they longed for and would return to. They wanted that to be constantly as a reminder. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, remember you're committed to be faithful to someone that you love. Every day of our life, we see our hands. We go about our daily activities, the, the, the chores of life, the natural things of life. We always see our hands. And so therefore, where else would be a better place to place a reminder that somebody's waiting and longing for your return? God said this in the scripture that I read. O Zion, it is time to rejoice because the Lord has had mercy on you and has already comforted you. We need to understand and learn that lesson today and that's the lesson that all of us need to, to renew and, and uh, be familiar with again. We need to learn that God does things for us a long time before we ever receive them. Things that you and I need today is already supplied, already provided for. He, he gave us salvation before we ever received it. 
He shed his blood on Calvary for the sins of the world and the majority of the world today is, has never, never accepted that. Peter says, by his stripes you were healed. In other words, he's saying that our healing is already done. All we've got to do is believe it and accept it. It's already paid for. It's already purchased. If we can ever get our minds to the place that we can take the Word of God at face value and understand that God has already done everything for us that He needs to do for us. It's done. We've got to accept that. Believe that. And we'll receive that. Being humans, we want to feel something first. We want to be told something first. We want to build up into something first. But if we can just understand we're his child and he's already provided for us God told Zion he told his people to rejoice because he had already comforted them comforted them but you know what Zion said Zion said the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. What a contrast in what God says and what man says. Now, who are we going to believe? God cannot lie. But man can. God has forsaken us and forgotten us is what man says. But God said, I've already comforted you. I've already provided for you. But Zion said, we can't feel a thing. And because they couldn't feel God, and because they couldn't feel something from God, they didn't believe it. That's where trust comes in. We've got to trust God. We've got to believe God. Whether we see it, or feel it, or hear it, or understand it, or not. God said, I've already done it. Trust Him. Trust Him. Believe it. Hallelujah. How far we live beneath our privileges today. Something about us, we've just got to see it first. We've just got to feel it first. We could only trust God. And we try to. We want to. We, we believe that we are. And yet, we don't see the things come to pass that we really want to come to pass. Someone came to Zion with a word of comfort and faith, but Zion wouldn't have it. You know, you can't comfort some people. You cannot convince some people. You cannot make some people believe that God even cares anything about them. Let me tell you something. God loves us all. You can't be so sorry and low down and no good but what God still loves you. 
And you can't fall so far that God can't pick you back up either. Hmm? Oh, he's a good God. I said, he's a good God. He's a good God. So they came to Zion with words of comfort and faith. But Zion wouldn't have it. They said, no, the Lord has forgotten all about us. He's completely forsaken us. Why? Because we prayed. God didn't answer. We sang our songs unto him, but we didn't feel his presence when we sang. We went to the farm of worshiping him, but we still didn't hear from him. So he's forsaken us, and he's forgotten about us. He's not even aware of our situation. Brother Jesse, would you read me Job chapter 23? Start with verse 1, please. Then Job answered and said, Then Job answered and said, Even today is my complaint bitter. All right, Job is already going through the greatest trials of his life and of any person's life. Nobody can ever say they've gone through everything Job went through. I mean, he is the personification of all troubles and heartaches and hardships and all the things that you can accumulate in your mind. And Job was the personification of that. Here he's going through all that now. And what? Start over again, please. Even today is Even my today, complaint bitter. I've got a complaint. Even today I've got a complaint. And, 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 and it's a bitter complaint. Read on. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Read on. Read on. Oh, I'm, that I knew in other where words, I might he's find. saying that I feel a whole lot worse than I could ever describe to you. I can't even begin to tell you how I feel, how I hurt, how disappointed I am, how forsaken that I am, and lonely, and all these things. Read. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. Oh, and then he says, oh, if I just knew where God was. If I just knew where God was. You do understand, don't you, ladies and gentlemen, that there will be times in our lives that we won't even know where God is. We'll look for Him, but we won't see Him. We'll call out to Him, but He's not going to answer us. Oh, I know that there's some people that are so spiritual that they always walk in the Holy Ghost 24 hours a day to hear Him talk. I don't believe that. I even find a time when Jesus Christ felt plumb forsaken. Crying out, why, why, why? So there's questions that will come to all of us. And oh, if I just knew where I could find God. If I just knew where he was. You know, that's the most miserable part of all in the life of a Christian. Not being able to touch God. And feel him touching us. There's something about his presence, his manifest presence. His presence is always here. But he don't always manifest that presence. We don't always feel that presence. We don't always understand that. Something about just feeling God. When we're going through our loneliest hour, 
in our times of hurt and pain and disappointment, if somehow or other we can just get to God, everything will be all right. We know everything's going to be all right because if God be for us, no matter who's against us. So we know it. Job couldn't find him. He couldn't find God. And I'll be perfectly honest with you today. There's been times I couldn't find him. I've looked for him too. And he withheld himself from me. Job basically said, well, uh, many years ago, preached a message about God's not dead. He's just a hiding. He does hide sometimes. Read on, brother. That I might come even to his seat. He said, oh, if I knew where he was, I'd come to where he's at. Read on. I would order my calls before him. And then I've got, I've got a lot I'd like to say to him. And I'd explain some things to him. Read on. And fill my mouth with I'd arguments. I'd fill my mouth with arguments. It was Hezekiah that was told that to set his house in order because you're fixing to die. The prophet of God was sent by God to tell him that. And Hezekiah just rolled over in bed and faced the wall and began to fill his mouth with arguments and remind God of everything he'd done for God. And he said, yeah, I've got some things I'd like to say. And then when Hezekiah got through arguing with God or, or basing his arguments and his, his, uh, his complaints and just talking about everything that he'd done for God and the reason that God, he felt like God ought to do something for him. God said, the man back in there and said, tell him I'm going to give him 15 more years to live. This is what Job, Job is saying. He said, if I could find him, I've got some things I'd like to say because Job knew that he had lived uprightly before God. He knew that he hadn't done anything to bring all this on. But he couldn't find God. Read on. I would know the words which he would answer me. And I would know what he would say to me then if I could find him. I'd know what he had to say. Oh, if we just knew what God would say about some things. Read on. And understand what he would say unto me. Read. Will he plead against me with his great power? Now, don't you know that the devil was putting something in his mind right then when he was trying to look for God, trying to find God, trying to get some answers from God, and the devil said, if you find him, he's going to testify against you. He's going to put you down. He's going to plead against you. That's what he said. Read. No. No, but I don't believe that. But he I will don't put believe that, Mr. Devil. If I find God, he's not going to condemn me. He, he's not going to bring judgment to me. He, he's not going to make me feel worse than I already feel. But if I can just find God, he's going to put strength in me. Yes. I said he's going to put strength in me. And God's wanting to strengthen somebody here today. I said God's wanting to strengthen somebody here today. He's wanting to strengthen somebody here today. And he's going to do it. Read. There the righteous might dispute. Oh yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah. The righteous has a right, has a reason to say some things. We don't. So should I be delivered forever oh. from my judge. Oh, brother, I'm fixing to get this behind me once and for all. But I don't know where he's at. Can't find him. Read on. 
Behold, I go forward. I'm going forward. But he is not there. But, but God's not in front of me. Read. And backward. Then I but I cannot perceive him. I turn around and I try to go back as far as I can go. But I still can't perceive him back there either. Read on. On the left hand where he doth work. Oh, he works over here. But he's not working there today. But I cannot behold him. I don't see him over there. And? He hideth himself on the right hand. Over here, he's completely hid from me. That I cannot see him. I cannot see him. What a situation. What a situation to happen to a child of God. greatest trial that he had where's God where is God when I need him the most I look everywhere I know to look I'm reaching down and getting hold of everything that I've been taught everything I've read everything I've understood everything that I've ever worked for all the testimonies of my life Everything. Still don't know where he's at. I don't know. Read on. But he knoweth the way that I take. Oh, hallelujah. Job said, can't figure it out. Don't understand it. Can't find him. Don't understand. But he knows the way that I take. And... When he hath tried me. And when he has tried me. I shall come forth as gold. I, I'm going to come forth as gold. Why? Because I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded. Are you persuaded today? Are you going to live for God no matter who don't? No matter what comes against you. No matter how many people disappoint you. How many hurt feelings you may have. Family members may turn against you. Loved ones may turn it. Husbands and wives may walk out on each other. You gotta live for God anyway. I said you gotta live for God anyway. <clears throat> Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We are living in a time of much trouble. It's everywhere. We're closer to Armageddon than we've ever been in our life. We're living in a times of trouble. The headlines today of Houston Chronicle says, Bush draws a line in the sand. I'm telling you, things are shaping up in our world. Jesus is about to come and take his bride away. Jesus is looking in the palms of his hands today and he sees your name there. He's got your image. He remembers you there. I want you to read Job 16, verse 11. Let you know exactly what Job had to say. God hath delivered me to he, the ungodly. He said, God has delivered me to the ungodly. Go ahead. And turned me over. And he turned me hands, over. Into the hands, into the hands of, of the wicked. Of the wicked. You ever feel like that? Job did. 
I'm talking to somebody right now that feels like God has forgotten about you. That God has forsaken you. That God hasn't kept his promises. I'm telling you, God's still God. He's still true to his word. It ain't over yet. I said, this thing's not over yet. It's been a while since I preached that message. I might have to preach it again right, right away. It's not over till it's over, huh? It's not over till God says it's over. Hallelujah. Verse 15 of our text says, God speaking. Says, Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? You know what he's doing? He's reaching for, for a likeness that we can relate to and understand what he's trying to say to reassure them. You know, I guess the greatest love on earth is the love of a mother for her child. That's the natural greatest love. We love our children no matter what they do. You hear me? I said we love our children. I don't care how many times we're embarrassed. I don't care how many times we're hurt and disappointed. We love our children. They're our children. And we love our children with an unconditional love. That is right. As much as I hate the sin of homosexuality, if all five of my boys turn out to be homosexuals, I'd still love them. I wouldn't love their ways. I wouldn't allow any partnership to come into our house. I wouldn't let them bring that into my home, but I wouldn't stop loving my boys. Hallelujah. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not? her womb and then he says yay they may they may forget yet I will not forget thee 
I'm telling you that God will never, 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 never forget his children. Never, 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 never. And then he goes on to say in verse 16, For I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Not because I need a reminder, but it's for something that you can relate to. Something you can understand. For if you know I've got your name written in the palm of my hand, and I see my hand all the time, all day long, you'll know I can't forget you. What a promise of God. You're constantly before his eyes. You're constantly in his mind and on his heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Zion says, the Lord has begotten me. But the purpose of nail prints was not for God's benefit. But it, like everything else, it was for ours. Our trouble is not with God. Our trouble is with ourselves. It's exactly right. And if we're not careful, we will automatically find ourselves judging divinity by humanity because we're only human that's the only way we can judge we're only human but you can't judge divinity we can't judge God because we can't comprehend we don't have the ability to comprehend God is so far greater than everything that this mind can dream up you talk about how great God is, He's greater than that. Talk about how loving God is, He's more loving than that. Talking how, about how faithful God is, He's more faithful than that. He's more caring than that. I'm telling you, we can't, we, 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 we can't conjure up in our minds the vastness and the greatness of our God and the way He feels for you and I this morning. Every one of us, He cares. Hallelujah. Every one of us is weak in some way or another. Somebody said, well, I, I think I've got a strong pastor. No, you don't. You've got a strong God. <laughs> We're all weak. We're all weak. Every one of us have failed in one way or another. Every one of us. But God's never failed. God's not weak. God is nothing but strength. Every one of us forgets something once in a while. I was trying to find my glasses the other day and I had them on. That's bad, ain't it? Some of you are laughing because you've had the same problem. That's right. Hallelujah. I went, to, I went to my office the other day and I forgot what I went back there for. And then I turned and walked out and went back in the rest of the house and I remembered what I went back there for. And went back to get it then I forgot again. So we're human. We forget. And we're afraid that God, we try to relate God with us. God don't forget. I said, God don't forget. God don't forget. God never forgets a promise he ever made to you. Hallelujah. The only thing God forgets is what he wants to forget. And he wants to forget everything bad that you've ever done when you repent of your sins. 
Hallelujah. I wish we could forget some things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, I'll be closer to you than a brother. He said, I'll go with you even to the end of the world. Somebody said, uh, why does God keep records? Why does he bottle up every tear that's shed? You think he might forget? No. He does that because he knows that we forget. And that we have to keep records. That's why I have a notepad on my desk. To remind me certain things. That's why I have to tell our good secretary back there, you know, write this down as a reminder. Be sure and remind you. Because tomorrow's another day and you may forget. A lot of things get on our mind between now and then. And I have to tell Brother Hal, write it down. These things we don't want to forget. And so, so the reason he, he puts, puts us in the palm of his hands and the reason that he keeps records and the, keep, the reason he bottles up every tear is so we can relate to the fact that we know he's not going to forget. He's got a reminder before him every day of our lives. The nail prints. He didn't have to be nailed to the cross as he was because that was not really the usual custom in that day. They didn't nail people to the cross. They tied them to the cross. That was their custom. But he, he saw to it that he was nailed to the cross for our benefit. So that we would feel that when nobody cares, nobody knows, and nobody understands, and nobody remembers us, then all we've got to do is remember the nail prints that are in his hand. And we know that was reminder for us. Hallelujah. Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2. But now thus saith the Lord that right. created thee. Thus saith the Lord that created thee. O Jacob. O Jacob. And he that formed thee, O Israel. And he that formed thee, O Israel. Fear not. Fear not. For I have redeemed for thee. For I have redeemed thee. I have called thee I by thy name. I have called thee by name. Thou art mine. Thou art mine. Remember that. Yes. Remember who you belong to. You belong to God. Hallelujah. Read on the next verse. When thou passest through the waters. When thou passest through the waters. I will be with thee. I'm going to be with you. And through the rivers. Through the rivers. They shall not overflow, not going to overflow thee. thee. When thou walkest through the fire. When you walkest through the fire. Thou shalt not be burned. You're not going to be burned. Neither shall the neither flame. Shall the flame kindle upon kindle thee. upon thee. Why? Because thou art mine. You're mine, saith the Lord. You're mine. You're mine. You're mine. You're mine. And I care for you. Malachi 3 and 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. Then they that feared the Lord spake often to one another. And the Lord hearkened. The Lord hearkened and he heard it. Read 
And a book of remembrance and a book was written before him. Of remembrance was written before him. For them that feared the Lord. For them that feared the Lord. And that thought upon his name. And that even thought upon his name. A book of remembrance was written before him. For them that feared the Lord and that even thought upon his name. It's a story that is told in the book of Esther about a man by the name of Mordecai. And uh, there was a wicked man that hated Mordecai in the city. was jealous of him and was doing everything he can to uh, destroy him. And he had a plot to, that was going to work. And uh, the night before that uh, Mordecai was to be killed, the Lord uh, saw that the king couldn't sleep that night. And uh, he called for the book of Chronicles to be read to him. And as the re reader was reading to him from the book of Chronicles, there was a story that come forth about a man that, uh, that uh, saved the life of a king. And uh, that was this king. And he looked and he said, uh, well, read on. And he said, uh, well, was anything ever done for that man? He said, no, nothing was ever done for that man. Well, he said, it's time to do something for him. It's time to do something. Have you ever done something that you really thought was something and yet nobody seemed to appreciate it? You didn't receive any reward for it. Nobody acknowledged it. It just seemed like it just passed through with nobody even noticed it. Let me tell you something. A book of remembrance is being written. And one day the books are going to be open. And one day you're going to receive your reward. I'll close with this. John chapter 20, verses 24 through 28, please. But Thomas. But Thomas. One of the twelve called Didymus. One of the twelve called Didymus. Was not with them when Jesus came. Was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, uh -huh. We have seen the Lord. And the disciples said to Thomas, said Thomas, he said, I'm sorry that you missed it, but we've seen Jesus. This was after the crucifixion, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And his disciples said, We've seen Jesus. And Thomas said, What? But he said unto them, But Thomas said unto I him, Shall see in his hands. In other words, he said, I just can't hardly believe it unless I see in his hands the print of the nails the print and put my the finger into the print of the nails. Uh-huh. I've got to put my finger in the print of those nails. Read. And thrust my hand into his side. Thrust his hand into his side. I will not believe. I will not believe. That's the reason for the nail prints. For those that were not there, for those that has not seen yet the love and the care for the people. His hands are still nail scarred this morning. What does verse 18 and through 20 say? Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord. That she had seen the Lord. And that he had spoken these things and unto her. And that he her. had said something to her. Read. 
Then the same day at evening, yes, being the first day of the week, yeah, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled, yes, for fear of the Jews, yes, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, yes, peace be unto you. <laughs> Mary saw him first, and she witnessed to the disciples all but Thomas. He wasn't there. And she said, I've seen the Lord. I've seen him. He kept his word. He didn't stay in the grave. The third day he come forth like he said he was. I've seen him and I've talked to him. He's alive. And while she was witnessing to him, he appeared unto them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said, there's a lot of people in our world. Do you mean that God knows everybody by name? Do you mean he can keep up with all of us one time? Well, you know, he's a big God. He's got big hands. Heaven's his throne, the earth's his footstool. Gotta have big hands. And besides, we live to see the day that even man can put the entire Bible on a little chip. Encyclopedia Britannica and all the world books are being put on one little small chip. God's hands are big enough that he's got every one of you graven in his hands right now. And when you think that he don't care, he cares enough to pierce his hands as a reminder to you. And when you think that he's forgotten you, you, all you've got to remember is every day, all day long, I see the palm of my hand. And I'm created in his image. So I'm before him day and night. Every head is bowed and every eye closed. There are some of you that are going through the trial of your life right now. You're fighting perhaps your greatest battles. And you've been somehow wondering, where's God in all this? How can this be? God, have you forgotten me? God, do you know me? Yes, God knows you. And no, God has not forgotten you. Your name is written in the palm of his hand. Oh, 
Jesse McMahon, your name is written in the palm of God's hand. Brother James Ainsworth, your name is written there. Huh. Downtown, Lee, I can't help but see your name. Lonnie Marcus, Christine Marcus. Your name is written in the palm of his hand. Marie Maxpadden, your name is written in the palm of his hand. Bob and Face Perlock, your name is in his hand. Ruby Joe Hobbs, he hadn't forgotten you. He remembers. And you're his. <laughs> I think somebody just ought to just come to the front and just love him. Just come and just stand around the front and just love Jesus this morning. Oh God, you're his. You're his. All of our he hasn't forgotten you. He will never forget and you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, Jesus. Yes, Father. Yes, Father.